0: All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And this is our brand performance podcast. And today our featured guest is Kim Daly. You know, I'm really excited to have Kim as a guest of ours. She is a franchise expert. She's a business coach, a motivational speaker. I mean, she just has a lot of synergy and a lot of sauce. And we're going to just kind of get down to the meat of things today. So I'm really excited, Kim, for having you join us today. So welcome to the episode.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm as, I'm as excited as you are.
0: Yeah. So as we've gotten to know each other, I really love your energy and your insight. And, you know, I think there's just a a monumental conversation that we can have today. And, you know, you have come through, you're one of the top um, franchise consultants worldwide. And, you know, you've had a really fabulous experience in that space. And as I was getting to know you, Kim, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, like how you got into that space and the story that uh, is so powerful that we want to hear. Okay, so
1: I mean, it's not like I woke up when I was five years old and said, oh, yeah, I can't wait to be a franchise consultant. (laughs) Most people are like, what is a franchise consultant? (laughs) Which, by the way, I help people explore franchise businesses so they know that they're asking the right questions. And basically, my two things are I want people to be competent in their due diligence so they can be confident in their final answer, whether that's yes or no. But those are my two goals for working with my candidates. So I actually was on my way to med school. I answered a classified ad in the newspaper, which gives away my age. And I uh, it literally changed my life. I had been a personal trainer in college. And actually, I'll come back to that. This was a, for a franchise company. That classified ad was for a franchise company. And once I got into franchising, my whole dream of going to med school, which really was a dream to really have a profession where I could have an impact on people. and make a difference in the world. I never looked back. My dad told me when I took that job, don't do it. You'll never go to med school. And I'm like, oh yeah, dad, my whole life is about med school. <laughs> Wait, why is dad
0: always right? <laughs> right. How interesting our paths <laughs> can turn. Right. Right. And so you got into this. Okay. What? yeah. Take us to that space though. Yeah. So then I,
1: after I, I worked for that company for three years, but I knew from day one that I needed to be an entrepreneur. Like once I saw people working for themselves and franchising, I was like, that is the life for me. So at 25 years old, I left, I have been self-employed ever since I'll say it's, over 20 years. (laughs) And uh, I've never looked back. Now, I owned my own businesses for about five years. And I did all the things that entrepreneurs do. And it was a crazy, fun, exhilarating ride. But it was lonely. And it was scary. And there was no plan. And there was like, where is this going? So I actually came back to my franchising roots myself. Around I was 29, 30 years old, and I was looking for systems, and I was looking for people. I, was, I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than just me. And most importantly, I was looking for the opportunity that I could build, something that had some substance to it that I could do more long-term. And that's when I landed on Franchise Consulting, and I've been here
0: now for 19 years. Well, that's amazing. But I think the cool part is in your story, you know, you became one of America's top franchise consultants, right? So it wasn't like you just got into it. You know, what was the thing? You you were spinning your wheels for a while, right? In that space. And you knew that there was something more, that bottom line. Can you help our listeners understand, you know, how you took yourself to that America's top space?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm very proud of this story. I did fumble around for about eight years and I was getting married and having kids and all those distractions. But I decided in 2011 to get really serious about my business and really looked at my business and said, what's the one thing that I could do that would have the greatest impact on my result? And in my business, it's prospecting. It was surrendering control of the things that I really couldn't control anyway, which is uh, people saying yes or no, and focusing on what I could control. And when I spent, I committed myself for one year to prospecting with the goal of finding one new candidate per day. I would literally come to my office, Marlo, and I'd be like, all right, Of all the people who are going to wake up and hate their miserable lives going to work for somebody else today, I just need one of them to know about Kim Daly. I would literally say that to myself in that tone, like every day to get myself fired up. And you know, what's so funny in the beginning, I wasn't very good at like manifesting that candidate, but the more focus I gave to prospecting with consistency, like anything else, what I was about to say when I was a personal trainer, like my results are the same as I used to say to people in the gym it's really about picking the thing that you that you you can become good at i i was consistent i was focused i was dedicated to my goal and it was so simple it was like a game i could play with myself every day because all i had to do was find one candidate to meet that day and what happened over time as i built this amazing pipeline, like the biggest pipeline my industry had ever seen. I certainly had ever seen. Um, And I had so many people. I actually wanted people to say no. And I wanted people to fall out. And all the things that in the past, when I didn't have a big pipeline, I felt kind of scarcity, I would try to cling to those people. And I would say, no, like, let's talk about it. And, and, And here I was in this more abundant environment where I was like, I need people to say no. And it and it allowed me to do what I do with so much more integrity and to be able to actually say to people, hey, you know what? Is franchising or business ownership really the right thing for you? And kind of let the people off the hook, right? Mm, wow. So this one simple thing that I did really corrected for everything else that ailed my business. And of course, it's only in looking back that I see that. During the year, I mean, I felt the momentum. And I had no idea that at the end of the year, it would lead me to that stage of building the largest franchise consulting business in the history of franchise consulting. But that's what can happen when you dream big, when you believe in yourself, when you have a clear specific goal, and you hold yourself
0: accountable. (laughs) Okay, but let's go to that space, though. So you were in this for like eight years, right? What was it that gave you like that aha moment to say, you know, there's just one thing I'm going to do. There's only one person I'm going to have the biggest impact with, Like, give us your framework and how you even approach that.
1: Okay. well, what really happened is I went through a divorce (laughs) and now I was like determined to prove to myself, probably as well as to everybody around me that I could do this. And I just had a new resolve. And again, like I said, when I looked at my business and thought, well, if I could change one thing that would drive the greatest result, what would it be? Well, it's prospecting, but that's the the thing about every business, isn't it? I mean, the reason businesses fail is because they don't have enough customers. If you have enough customers, no matter how bad of an operator or inefficient of an operator you are, or how terrible an employee might treat a customer such that they don't come back, like it doesn't matter. I mean, it would over time, right? But in theory, it doesn't matter because if there's plenty of new people streaming in, it cures
0: pretty much everything that ails a business. I think it definitely worked in my case. Yeah. So you took your setback and you turned it into a huge setup for yourself. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. just like, what a great, I mean, what a great way, but the grit, you know, you like, I'm just going to prove them. And, and you did now when you go to prospecting, so like you're um, focusing on this one candidate, right? Each day, Give us, like, what do you need that person to do in order for Kim to have the win in that space? So, like, you know, you're prospecting and you're cinching down. So what is it about that one person's interaction each day that you're looking for? I mean, really, it's just
1: somebody who has an open mind who's saying, look, I'm, I'm at a fork in the road, I'm in career transition, about to be laid off, or hey, I'm an investor. And I. it was really about how can I get myself out there to be in front of more people so more people knew that I existed and I could help them. And part of it was reaching back to former clients or candidates who had already said yes, and I found out 19 years later, they're my, my greatest source of referred leads. You know, and today, after all these years, I am 100% referral driven. I haven't paid for a candidate or
0: advertised in um, probably almost 10 years. Boy, and that says something right there. You know, word of mouth, referral-based business, that's liquid gold in itself. No dollar on advertising, you know, when you're really in your wheelhouse, but you've mastered that. What has allowed you to master that space as you're describing that? Like, what is that thing that people are saying, hey, Kim Daly's your your person? I
1: think that it's really being genuine with people. It's being honest enough to, again, you know, I'm not here to tell somebody if to play God with somebody's life. I'm not here to say, hey, franchising really the right thing for you, you know, or it's more to just ask the challenging questions. That if you're in a scarcity mentality in the role that I play, you might not dare ask because you might be clinging to that person to buy a franchise. You're living on the hope. And instead of doing that, which there's really no integrity in that anyway, what I did enabled me to, again, come to this position to really help people think through the conversation that we're having about changing their life and owning a business and dialing down to what matters to them and then asking the challenging questions so they could really
0: think through and say yes or no for themselves okay so what franchises have you worked with i mean give us some some places that you know you've had the greatest impact with or maybe some of your favorites
1: some of the biggest brands we we were, I work with, I don't know, a couple hundred, three, 400 different brands. And my inventory is always changing. We're always adding new companies and companies are going out. I'm a health and fitness girl. I definitely love the health and fitness space. I, but I equally love businesses like Meineke and Mako, which I mean, Mako, they pay cars, right? Remember A <laughs> MCO, the commercial, <laughs> beep, beep, better get Mako, <laughs> right? But, um, I mean, I love Supercuts. It depends. Uh, the, the company is so irrelevant. Like the brand is irrelevant to me. For me, it's more about making a connection because when you invest in a franchise, what you're actually buying is a relationship. You're buying into people who have a vision for a brand. They've created a toolbox that you can leverage from day one instead of an entrepreneur who has to go out and create that toolbox, right? So you want to find people that you that inspire you, that you respect, you believe in where they are today based on the track record they have. But more importantly, because you're buying into the future, you believe in where they're going. And you're saying, hey, pick me to go be a brand ambassador for you in my hometown. So I'm infinitely more focused on connecting people to really good, abundant leadership cultures, again, that inspire. that That's way more important to someone's happiness in a business than them picking a business that they love the widget. In fact, you know, when people get really super focused on the widget, I'm always like, yeah, but is the business a hobby or is it an investment, right? Because like in 2020, never was it more important in our time ever in our history of business to see leadership work. I mean, anybody can make a franchise look good when the economy was good. But last year, everybody got caught going, oh, my gosh. And I sat back in awe with so much pride at how I saw my favorite franchisors adapting, overcoming, just still carrying confident leadership to their franchisees. We will get through this together. And I also had this pride of like, yeah, you know, collectively we are stronger. We say that as sort of like a, you know, just like, it's a nice saying, but you know, it is true in business, in business ownership. I mean, that's one of the things I really love about the franchise that I'm connected to franchise Choice is the, the group. The mentorship, the collective mentorship that we have together, all 90 of us consultants, I learned more from my fellow consultants than probably I ever did from training. You know, and I think that's true
0: in any good franchise system. So what I'm hearing you say there, too, is, you know, you are your own competition. So you're getting in the arena with other people that are a lot like you, but you're learning from them. So you're approaching it with synergy and collectivity, you know, not so much a competition. And take us into that space. I mean, like, what allows you to do that? And like, why is that work so well? Yeah. You know what? This is
1: something that's really unique to franchising that when I'm speaking to executives in career transition who are just, they've just, you know, they're fed up with corporate America and they tell me all the politics and the backstabbing. And I don't, I never worked in corporate America, so I don't know that. But when I say, you know, you're going to get to go out and you're going to go talk to other franchisees, even your neighbors, the people who might be your neighbors. And they're like, why would those people be honest with me? Like, Am I not competition to them? And I'm like, no, like all of that disappears in franchising because everybody has their own territory and we're all shareholders in the same brand. So if I know how to be build a seven-figure business and I can share my science with you so it's such that you can go build your own seven-figure business, then collectively our brand is stronger. So it really, it's a setup for people to come together and actually work together, benefit from each other. But I mean, of course, as business owners, there's always a competitive drive in every one of us. So don't get me wrong. We love to have that healthy competition. In fact, after I became the number one consultant. And I started replicating this and other people kind of heard a couple of people came to me and said, I want to play at the level you play Kim, how do I do? And I shared my science with them. And one guy went on and doubled what I had done. And I mean, that was like the greatest compliment to me, right? It was awesome. But like, but on the flip side, you know, whenever we're like neck and neck toward the end of the year, I want to like smack them upside the head and be like, don't you beat me this time. But you know, it's all in jest because it It makes us all better. We just love to have that little playful, healthy competition. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. We are all helping a lot of people change their lives. And that's what, that's what drives us to love our business and do what we do anyway, I mean the rest of it the money and the rest of that is just the byproduct of helping people change their lives.
0: Healthy competition. I mean I love the way that you're framing it because it's a necessary evil, right? I mean there's just something that you're doing that I think that's why you're top in the world in what you do Kim because as we're listening to you I mean it just exudes out of you just your natural you know your your vibe and your essence to help people win and do it in a way that really serves at a, a very high level. And, you know, as I'm describing that, you know, how, I mean, how do you approach that when you're working with business owners? I mean, is there any, any special um, advice or direction that you like to offer them? What, what would be those, those things that you would out of the gates, you know, when you're consulting somebody? What would be those things?
1: That's like a setup. Really, it's a perfect question for me right now because I'm about to launch my first ever motivational coaching program for business ownership. So my whole thing is that you become the business owner. Your business reflects the business owner you've become. A lot of times in this process, people want to figure out how to get to that, you know, million dollar business. Let's say that's the benchmark. But I'm like, yeah, but you have to become the owner worthy of the million dollar business. So you can go out and you can interview all the other people who are doing it. And you want to like put down all the numbers and get into the weeds about the competition and the market and the marketing and all this. But I'm like, at the end of the day, all that doesn't really matter. If your head is not in a place where you're worthy of a million dollar business and you have clarity and focus to that dream, you can do all the right things, you know, in terms of like, what you physically do, but if in your head, you're doubting it, you're never going to get there. Right. Mm, So I am, if anything, I am a mindset coach. That is because I believe that if your head is in the right place,
0: actually you can work less (laughs) and achieve more. Right, right. Yeah. And it's just, it's the alignment of it all. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, clarity is everything, right? Clarity clears the clutter. When you have clarity of what it is that you're striving to achieve, getting there, the friction that, you know, is a path of least resistance. So I love that. Okay. So tell us more about this coaching program. You know, so this is specific for your, your franchise. I mean, like franchisees, how do you even like refer to that name, but tell us who it's for.
1: Okay. So the first the the first version of it that will be coming out in the summer will be geared, the language I'll be using will be specific to franchising. So it will be geared toward the almost 1,000 business owners that I've created in 19 years of being a franchise consultant and, and other people that I haven't helped become franchisees, but that who know me through LinkedIn. Um, that's going to be my first, You know, generation of this. But over time, my goal would be then to kind of revamp the program kind of more general to business owners in general, even entrepreneurs. There might be some nuances about that program that are different because in franchising, again, we have that. We have the givens are a proven marketing plan and training, and then there's there's support and there's kind of built in accountability, but then you have to add your own accountability. And when you're an entrepreneur, those things aren't there. You have to create them. So my coaching program may be a little bit different when I get there. But I mean, anybody I think who who is interested, I'm a personal development junkie. Like that's if there's anything, Marla, that makes right. me who I am today, <laughs> right? You have to want to keep growing. And I tell business owners, especially the investor mentality, where they're looking for something in a business to be transactional. And I'm like, look, that's not what owning a business is all about, right? Owning a business is about signing up for personal and professional growth. And like I just said, when you grow into that owner worthy of the million-dollar business,
0: you will then have that million dollar business. Okay, so you obviously saw a problem that you wanted to solve. And so you've created this course around it. I mean, is there is there a sticking point or something that you were continually witnessing that you said, hey, I need to put people into some type of program or course to help define it? Is there something that you're witnessing, Kim? Well, a couple of things. So when when
1: when I hand people off to their franchise, my candidates who I, I love on them when I'm with, they're with me for two months, will always say, how do we get more of the daily coach? And so this program will be sort of like, okay, so you've graduated, now you own a business. So here is a coaching program where you can get more of my thought process and how I, what I've delivered to you to get you to this point. But the whole coaching program really focuses around what I did in my business back in 2011 that launched me into the stratosphere with results. And then being able to go back and review all the numbers to see what did that one simple thing that I did focus on prospecting, what did that do to all the other numbers? And over time, getting my closing ratio down by, again, asking more challenging questions and helping people fall out quicker and things like that. So as I became a better business owner, it allowed me then to be a better business coach to all of my franchisees. And I see so many commonalities and false expectations and I'm owed this when I own a franchise, you know, or I'm going to get this from the franchisor. And I'm like, well, wait, no, (laughs) this is still about you owning it. And so my coaching program brings people back to four simple, we call them the daily questions or the daily mindset. The first question is, I want you to have a clear, specific revenue goal. The second question is, what does your average client pay you? So you can do the division and you can see in a seven figure business where your average client is paying you $5,000. Okay. I need 250 customers in a year to have a million dollar goal. This creates a very simple plan. Now, then you, what I want you to do is figure out how many days a year you're going to work. I usually center that around 48 weeks, five days a week, which is 240 days. So in this million dollar plan, where your average ticket is 5,000, you need 250 customers, you have 240 days. You can see with simplistic, in a very simple way, it's a one-to-one ratio. Now, the fourth question is, so the third question would be, What is your closing ratio? So I want to know how hard do I have to work every day, right? So if the closing ratio is 50%, I need to be on two sales calls. I need to close one of them. I need what I'm selling to be around $5,000. And I never have to step back and go, oh my gosh, how am I going to get to that million dollars? All you have to do is be present in the moment today. And that's that's the sweet spot of life, right? Where all, all the anxiety comes from. Focusing on what we don't have control over tomorrow, and maybe we don't even have the skill set yet for tomorrow, or the depression and all that focuses comes when we focus on and regret when we look past. So, if you just allow yourself the grace of focusing only on today by having a clear, specific sales plan, this plan will work for any business because every business is a sales organization, whether the owner looks at it like that or not today. The truth is everyone is because if customers
0: aren't coming in, you're not making any money. That's so true. You know, I'm hearing it's simple and it's granular, right? Like you're taking them down to just that one like little granular thing that you can easily overcome, but we overcomplicate it. We make it so much bigger than it really is. And that's, that's, I think what gums so many people up in business is they're not present they're making it way harder than it should be. And I love listening to that message, Kim. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's very simplified. Okay, so as we're coming into the close of the episode, you have, you know, as a self-development junkie, <laughs> do you have any tips or advice or um, recommendations for the entrepreneurs that are listening to this episode today?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you don't own a business yet, you're thinking about it, my best advice is just do it. Like there's never gonna be a perfect time to start, right? Like deciding to have a baby, it's gonna disrupt your life no matter what. You just have to say, I want the result. It's go time now. Do your due diligence. If you are an entrepreneur, make sure you have a clear plan. Use resources like the Small Business Development Center near you if there is one. Um, If you are looking for a franchise. By all means, please reach out to me. I can help you. I can educate you on the value proposition of starting a franchise business versus being an entrepreneur, not to talk you in one way or the other, just to help you see both sides really really clearly. But then it's just, again, the clarity, having clear, specific goals that you are committed to. And then the last piece of this is really watching your tongue. So another very important thing that I did that first year and that I've done every year since because I saw the power of what it did is make declaration statements. I declare in faith every single day who I am, what kind of business I have, not I want, I have, because in the declaring it, I am making it true, right? Faith is believing in things unseen. So if you're going to doubt yourself, you're just going to stay in that cycle. If you're going to go, well, I want it, but you're going to stay in that cycle and you're going to swirl. But if you can say, I want it, and you can see it in your mind's eye and almost be like a crazy person and avoid reality, I'm telling you, I became an international best-selling author. This is like a complete joke. I became an international best-selling author simply because... I wanted to be an international best-selling author, and I put it on my declaration list, hoping that it would inspire me to write a book that would go on to become an international best-selling author. But God won up to me. A publisher came to me and said, we're co-authoring a book. We'd like you to participate. You need to write one chapter. I said, okay, not thinking about my goal to become an international best-selling author. In the first week that that book was published, it went on to become an international best-selling book. I can now say I am an international best-selling author. I didn't even have to write the book. And I'm telling you, I, I attracted that opportunity to myself two years before that author came to me because I declared it for one year. And then when I didn't get inspired to write the book, I actually took it off my declaration. So I gave up on the dream. But that
0: dream was already in motion. That opportunity was already mine. So we're hearing you wake up every day in the space in which you are choosing to serve. Like you, you are just saying, you know, I am that person already not wishing to be, but I am showing up every single day as that person that I vision. And I think that's the game changer because the actions that you're taking align to it, everything just kind of falls into place and it's so much easier. So you're acting as though you are and not wishing that you would. So I think it's brilliant. Okay, my friend, how can we find you? Where can we connect and add you to our circle of influence? Okay, that's so great.
1: You can always check out my website, which is The Daily Coach. And that's D-A-L-Y, thedailycoach.com. I also will be, I have a YouTube channel and it's growing and growing and growing. I'm getting ready to launch all kinds of new content on my YouTube channel. So please definitely feel free to check that out and subscribe.
0: Kim, you are a blast. I could talk to you all day long. This has been so fun and I know our audience is loving it. So thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, really. I could talk to you all day long too. Thank you so much. All right, we invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. If this episode left you inspired, please join us over on Performing Get Paid community Facebook page, where we will engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and chief inspirational officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast?